0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon, charmers. Welcome back to another episode of The Charming Libra. I am your host Tasha. <laughs> and happy Friday. Happy Venus day. You know, the wonderful day of creativity, self-care, beauty, fun, pleasure, all that good stuff. But you know the usual day that I usually always record. But it doesn't hurt to keep saying it. (laughs) But um, I hope everyone is doing well. I am actually recording uh, this episode, the next couple episodes rather, ahead of time. As you guys know, if you haven't listened to the last previous episodes, I am officially a corporate working woman as of Monday, April 17th. And so I am trying to get everything ahead of the game, if you you must know. Um, Like... I I just, you know, since it's new, I want to spend my first week seeing how it is and how it's going to work and less to really be able to do a schedule. So like this weekend, instead of hanging out and all that stuff, I'm going to be reading next week's uh, school uh, reading so that I can have my reading done. And then during the week, I do the homework. Therefore, when I'm off on the weekend, I can actually take my days off and just really actually relax Have fun with, you know, my husband, my family, my friends, all that good stuff. Do what I need to do to get taken care of. Everything. Because now my weekends are going to consist of taking care of stuff as well. Probably meal prepping as well. I'll let you guys know if I get into that. Because I'm also thinking about looking into a meal prepping uh, uh, meal thing to, you know, depending. It just, it depends how it goes. And I've already talked to my boss And, um, I, I am like a hybrid working position, hybrid, mainly remote, they said. So he says I'll be in the office three days. And he he even said two times a week, and it may be just for a couple hours. Most of it is from home, which is going to be amazing, but it's still going to be a lot of work. So I have to make sure I'm on top of my work. I'm performing well, all that good stuff. So I want to make sure I am ahead of the game. I'm, I've, spent the week really just preparing myself preparing my body especially like i am on my moon cycle so it makes it where um i just don't really like to work out really hard or really do a lot of things i just kind of like i'm definitely in a more like receptive kind of slow pace um really like my intuition i feel like is more heightened around this time so i just really listen to my body my intuition the most around this time because it's just, it just leads me. It never does me wrong. So I just got done eating, um, my lunch, which was pretty damn good for my local health food store. It was like a nice, healthy, uh, clam chowder. Um, I tried an egg sandwich cause I don't know why, but I, I kind of craved something like that today and I just got half of it. I don't get holes. Um, and it was, um, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, it was definitely filling, And then I had a wonderful Olipop grape soda, which was amazing. Um, I don't usually drink sodas, but Olipop only has two to five grams of sugar. I would would love if I could get sponsored by them because I do love their products. So it's definitely something that would be amazing. Um, But I'm here today um, finishing the part four of the Astrology, Nutrition, and Health by Robert... Carl Jansky. Um, I usually like take notes and then just go from there, you know, but today it's related to aspects. And I feel like because I have not really discussed aspects on this, um, podcast yet, a lot of people may not know what that is. And to me, that is actually an area that I am working, uh, working on more, even though I'm certified. Uh, I have my certificate in astrology. Um, it's still, that's still part of the thing that's still part of the astrology that I want to continuously get, uh, practice on because, um, I know the basics, but I definitely feel like, especially in the astral, like medical astrology, it's really important and dire that you know exactly what they're talking about because that's how you're going to tell like, you know, if, you know, like disease or, you know, like something is showing up in the body. Like I have an encyclopedia to follow it, which that thing even is written in like old terms. So I want to really understand and really get through this book. I'm going to do it on my own chart. And once I do it on my own chart, using the, uh, medical astrology encyclopedia that I got, I'm going to do a specific episode of, you know, all of that stuff so that you guys can kind of see how it plays in. And that way I, you know, like I don't have to number one, tell somebody else's business. If I were to do, I've done um, natal chart readings, not specifically on someone's whole, uh, thing. I I have once actually I did it for free and I mentioned that before, so I don't want to get too in detail. It's a lot of work, a lot of work. (laughs) And so, uh, eventually, you know, I, I, I was doing readings for free for a while just so I can get practice while I was in astrology class and stuff like that. And so, um, it was really, Wonderful, and so I, I decided to add, like you know, like uh, if you know you want to know like how well your body burns regarding your Saturn and your Mars and your Sun and all that. Um, I would do that, and you know, people would be like, "Wow, you're spot on, you're spot on, you're spot on," and stuff like that, and it's just like then people started to become really entitled, and so I was like, I can't, I just can't do this for free anymore. It, it requires a lot of time because I'm very thorough when I do natal chart readings. I don't fuck around. I want to make sure you guys know everything you want to know about yourselves, how your planets if, are affecting you and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, so, um, I, I have a little astrology business. I do. <laughs> I just haven't put effort into it because the last time I did a reading and someone paid me for it, which was great. It, it Like I said, it, it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of time. And I... Haven't decided how I'm going to go forward with that now, because before I I wrote down a whole ass book for the person, um, and even did like a, you know, like a relationship thing and all that stuff for quite cheap, um, because it was like my first customer and I was like, no, I cannot be doing that. So I had to raise the price after that and just having to write the book pretty much was just, it was just, it was too much. Um, and at the time I wasn't even in school, so, um... I had that little bit of extra time, but it was still kind of like, whoa. So I think I want to do like more like voice or like a phone call or either voice text message so that they can save it and listen to it on their phone or something like that. But as far as doing the whole writing thing, it was just, it was too much. It was, it was just too much. And I've never really saw myself really doing it as like my main job it's more of a side hustle because i love astrology and i don't want to make it my everything because then i feel like i'm going to hate it at that point. so um i haven't figured out how to do with that little side business yet but um yeah i'm working on some things uh really came through yesterday with a training that i had that kind of like awoken some things of how i need to approach my business and stuff like that. so i'm really excited to really implement that too. but um Yeah. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to read directly from the book today so that I can help, you know, everyone understand because this is usually the aspect. Aspects are usually, I would say like houses and the aspects are more of the harder side of astrology because you have to know how, you know, you want to know the sign and everything, but you want to know, you know, that aspect of, you know, that part of your life that, is affected, right? And with, if there's planets in there, if there's not, if it's aspected, all of that stuff. So it takes a lot of work. Okay. So before I jump in though, please go ahead and give my shop Alari Sky a visit. Um, I still, I still have 5% off going. I also just created a beautiful larvachite pendant in silver, You guys, I almost want to keep it myself. It has a beautiful sheen to it. I've never seen kite that has such a nice sheen to it in certain areas. So when you hold it up to the light, like it looks the best in person. I tried to capture that on the photos, um, but I think it looks best in person. Uh, I took a video of it showing that I'm going to show on the the site. So if you're interested, go ahead and take a look. Um, But that's not up yet, but it's going to be up probably... I'll say later on today because I have quite a bit to do after I'm done recording this. Um, so, yeah, I give it a look, though. But I have other things. I also have some gold coming in, uh, coming in hot this weekend from uh, Gold Wire, rather, um, coming in. So can't wait. That way I can do, like, some sunstone stuff. Plus my friend's birthday is coming up. And I know that, you know, I'm surprising her with, you know, a pendant, a jewel that she wanted, she requested. So... I am excited for that, and yeah. So, um, go ahead and take a look. I have all kinds of pendants up there, high quality jewels, as well as I use wire that is 14k gold filled, sterling silver, um, silver plated, want, uh, pure copper, and uh, um, antique copper. There you go. And I just put up that new moonstone. I took up the I took off the other one that was up there because to me. That's around the time when I first started to know how to wrap cabochons and it just looks not nice to me. Plus the stone in my opinion, when I looked at it, it's supposed to be a rainbow moonstone, but it's a very low quality one after I looked at it. Cause it really doesn't have a, a flash on it. The, the moonstone, the rainbow moonstone that I put up now is gorgeous. So highly recommend has a beautiful, um, flash on it. Like it's just gorgeous. Like I'm telling you guys, if I didn't want to, like, make money and stuff, I would keep all these for myself. But, um, yeah, take uh, take a look. That's on Etsy, A-L-A-R-I-E, S-K-Y-E Jewelry. Make sure when you look on the search engine of Etsy.com that you go to the left, click on uh, Find Shop, I believe, and, um, type in my shop name, Alari Sky Jewelry, and I will pop up. And happy shopping, um some beautiful things up there. Still, the Amitrine's up there, but I know it's getting ready to get sold. I just feel it, as well as that blue kyanite. Both of the ones, I was like, oh, I was like, if it doesn't sell, I'll keep it for myself, but it gets a lot of traffic, so I'm sure pretty soon it's going to be taken. So, if you are interested in those very high-quality stones, I mean beautiful. I've never seen anything like it, so I'd highly recommend to go check it out. Okay, so let's go ahead and jump in. So, This is the part four of the uh, astrology, nutrition, and health. Um, This is basically the segue of getting into, you know, eating and taking like basically health and wellness, living, literally embodying and taking care of your body by your natal chart, like by your basically your moon sign, your sun sign, everything that's included when it comes to nutrition Cause I want to do a series eventually that's like talking about how, you know, for each sign, how to like, you know, the things that's best for you, the things that is not as great for you, all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited. Um, that's really, like I said, I don't want to give way too much detail, but I, I am a certified nutrition coach. Um, I am planning, of course, working with myself as well as some friends have volunteered to see how this really works before I make it something that's available to pay. Cause I, I want to do like a group setting where, um, we have, um, like maybe 10 people. I'll start with 10 people. Cause I don't want to overwhelm myself, especially being a grad student and working. And then eventually, you know, if it blows up, then I can like just hire help or all that stuff. Cause I want to make sure that I check in every week with my clients and that I'm making sure I'm leading them in the right way, as well as knowing things that, you know, can work as well as, you know, like what they need, what they're struggling with. So, and it helps that I have degree, um, uh, degrees in psychology because I, mindset is huge. <laughs> it's a huge thing. To, uh, trust me. I know I, I struggle with mine, but, um, I'm really good at knowing like, you know, why I'm, I'm very self-aware. Just put it like that. Very self-aware of what I'm doing wrong. Um, so yeah, but anyway, before we get off into a tangent here, let's go ahead and jump in. So if you have not listened to the last three, which the first one was um, Sign Polarity, the second one was House Polarity, and then the third one, unfortunately, is misspelled up there, and I, I wholly apologize for that. But it's supposed to be planet symbolism. It won't let me change it. It's, but it's saying, unfortunately, it looks like plant symbolism. So I think that's throwing a lot of people off. Um, but it's planet symbolism, you know, the planet and how they express and everything in the body. So this right here is the aspects and health. So um, I'm going to go ahead and jump into it. So it says, no discussion of traditional astrological concepts would be complete without some mention of the various aspects. All of the traditionally used aspects play some role in our interpretation of health. However, the opposition, square, quincunx, I always get like crazy up here, or also known as inconjunct, um, as I explained before, conjunction and semi-square are the key aspects in isolating potential health problems in the natal chart. So I'll read that again. I highly um, recommend that you guys like take notes even, uh, especially for these uh, particular aspects so that you can look through your natal chart or you can either have your natal chart with you before we jump into it so that you can kind of look and see like your aspects within your chart. So again, it says... Um, all of the traditionally used aspects play some role in our interpretation of health. However, the opposition, square, quincunx, or quincunx, also known as inconjunct, conjunction, and semi square are the key aspects in isolating potential health problems in the natal chart. While the source of a problem may well be some mental or psychological factor, the body often translates this frustration or tension into the physical manifestation of disease. So, and before I continue, again, I am not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. um, I'm not an RD, um, registered dietitian, dietitian. So I'm simply just giving you guys information for you guys to look at yourself. I am not diagnosing anybody I am just basically saying what to look for in your chart. Other than that, what you do with the information is on you. Be safe, of course. Don't just automatically not go to your doctors because you assume you know what's going on. Always still work with the team. That's what I do. I still work my, with my health team. And then, like certain things that I'm curious about, I'll come back, look at, pull out my um, needle chart. And then look and see, like you know, like the either the transits or um, the um, the um, what you call it, uh, or like you know ex- exactly like in my natal chart, but definitely uh, use transits as well because you may not have something in your chart, but while something you know while the planets and everything are transiting, it can end up making all these different aspects that could you know um, hinder your your health and all that. So let's first jump into the opposition. So as we know, the opposition is basically the polarity. It's basically like Aries. We're in Aries right now. And then the opposite sign of Aries is Libra. So the opposition has traditionally been interpreted as symbolizing the need for compromise in the house and sign polarity in which the opposition is located Oppositional problems are resolved through a compromise between the individual and another individual or other external factors. So again, it's saying that things can be uh, resolved through compromise between like an individual or another individual or other external factors, basically, when it comes to having that. So it says such problems are interpersonal in nature. If the individual does not reach a successful compromise, the problem may manifest in the physical symptoms of disease. A third ninth house opposition, for example, indicates that the individual should listen to what others have to say. Ninth house. Remember, that's the house of Sag. And also express himself through communication. Third house, which is also the house of Gemini. So, Sagittarius, the ninth house, the polarity of that, you know, Gemini, Sagittarius is saying that, uh, in those houses, when someone is communicating, uh, you know, you need to be able to listen as well. Right. So that's a compromising kind of aspect of it. So if you're not doing that, you know, and that's why I, especially when it comes to your emotions and stuff, you need to communicate your emotions. If you don't do that, I can't say this enough you are looking to be very sick because, um, holding in your emotions. And this is why I really like get on, like, I try to tell men this because unfortunately society has it where if a man shows any kind of expression that is outside of anger and being tough, um, they're considered weak. And that's why you have men who end up like, I've worked in the, el- you know, like, in I have a background in nursing and I worked with elderly people. A lot of the time the men are always gone. And that's because I feel that they just, they, their life gets cut short because of what they were taught to do, that it causes a lot of, you know, dis-ease. Like it's going to manifest in your body. If you're not bringing that, if you're not communicating that shit out, it turns into fucking a disease in you. Don't let that happen. Please express yourself. I don't give a fuck. If it's with the journal or not, but make sure you're doing that as well as listening to people, right? Allow people to communicate as well. So just kind of like a little tangent about that, but it says it takes two to make a conversation. I'm going to read that again, because this seems to just be ignored in modern times. It takes two. One, two to make a conversation. It's not one-sided, right? We shouldn't only be communicating on a damn phone either. Like have some words. Like that's the one, that's the one thing that drives me insane is when I don't like to argue over the phone because I hate, in my opinion, how people can talk all this shit when they're on the phone. But then when they're in front of you, They have nothing to say. And I'm like, so, and I call people out on that. I'm not going to lie. I do. I'm like, so you can talk all this shit on the phone, but now I want you to say that to my face. And they just get quiet. Like, oh, I'm not even, you know, but it's like, no, you had all that to say on the phone. Say it to my face, you know, because talking on the phone can easily be misconstrued. You know what I mean? Someone may not be arguing with you up there. But that's why if you're saying something mean or rude or hurtful like that, I want you to say it to my face because then that's how I'm going to be able to read, you know, like, oh, okay, they, they mean this with like, you know, some kind of, what do you call it, like, to be hurtful or they're angry or this and that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but anyways... Um, A person who will not listen to others or who is afraid to communicate his feelings and thoughts to others may express this frustration physically as as a disease. So exactly what I just said. To be loved by others, 11th house, requires that one love in return, 5th house. An opposition in this polarity may symbolize some problem in the free exchange of love and when a successful compromise is not attained, Again, we may find a physical manifestation in disease. So, yes. So the 11th house, of course, is Aquarius, you guys know. And the 5th house is Leo, ruled by Leo. So just make sure that you're able to, you know, allow yourself to be loved by others, you know, as well as loving someone in return. So. Square. So squares, um, I have them in my chart. So let's see what it says. Of course, I know squares are like, they're, I'm not going to say they're not good, but it just means it's a challenge that I have to work on. So it says square, the square symbolizes tension and conflicting desires in the individual. It is more personal in nature than the opposition. A third, sixth house square, for example, represents some basic tension between the individu- individual's need to differentiate and the need to integrate, which often results in physical manifestations. The tension is relieved by expressing both needs and situations where one will not conflict with the other, rather than by continually su- suppressing one of the forces. With a third six-house square, this could mean learning to serve others Without losing one's personal identity in a blind master-slave relationship. Uh, That's an interesting way to put that. You must know who you are and why you serve. Hmm. Okay. So, quincunx or inconjunct? I will just... I got silent for a second because I was like, hmm, it makes me feel like I need to be t- like actually doing notes to kind of break down how they're talking in a way. But I mean, I feel like it's exactly like what it, you know. So quincunx or also in conjunct. This is 150 degree, a 50 degree aspect, which is often symbolic of health problems and is usually quite prominent in death charts. Okay. So, um, I don't know if that's saying like when people died, like, because they do have things where you can read about like, you know, like death charts about like, it'll basically tell you when a person is, you know, like basically going to die or what happened, what the cost of death kind of, I don't fuck around with that kind of stuff. Um, they have a whole last chapter in the medical astrology book. Um, but I just don't fuck with it because to me, I, I feel like you're, you're asking to, to make yourself scared. You're asking to live in fear. You know what I mean? If, if it's, let's say a certain planet, like, um, I'm just going to throw out some bullshit example, like, uh, Jupiter square Pluto, you know what I mean? Or Jupiter, Quincunx, Pluto, or something like that. I'm not going to want to see that. And then you see that in someone's death chart. And then you happen to just look at yours and bam, there it is. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's just, it's not a good thing to do. So again, if someone is interested in that, do that on your own research. But I don't recommend that because I want to live my life to the best I, I can. And I know all of us, it's one thing we cannot deny. All of us will be gone someday. Every single one of us, nobody in, in life has found a way to cheat death. And so therefore live your life one day at a time, the best that you can. Other than that, don't go looking for shit to scare yourself to the point where you're not going to really want to take leaps and bounds because of stuff like that. So just my little, you know, thing of how I feel about that. So while we know that the Kling is decidedly a health aspect we still have much to learn about its underlying psychological roots in the personality. It seems to symbolize one's attempt to put together unrelated facets of life in a fashion that makes sense to the individual. Often it is symbolic of lots of smoke but little fire. Tremendous effort without discernible success. The frustration resulting from such effort can manifest in physical symptoms of disease. It is not uncommon for health problems involving the quincunx to be conquered suddenly or a remission to take place when one of the slower-moving planets by transit conjuncts one of the planets forming the quincunx. uh, Psychologically, the quincunx has been interpreted as a desire to have that which we cannot have. Oh, that's interesting. Or frustration of one's efforts to reach a desired goal. Oh, that's very interesting. Although it may be attained quite late in life and only after many defeats, I'm I'm gonna have to look at my chart for that because that's a very interesting way to put it. Because I want to see if something that I, you know, I wonder is that like (laughs) this is such an asshole thing to say. I wonder is that why like I'm having a hard time with weight problems. I mean. I'm not going to, like, of course, just think that Australia is the end-all, of course. But it's interesting because, you know, like, lately, I don't know. But it's just been, like, not really easy for me. So, anyways, I'm being weird. Okay, so, conjunction. Conjunction, you guys know in my chart, I have quite a bit of these. If I'm not mistaken, I know I have a Pluto-Sun conjunction a Mercury-Sun conjunction, and a Mars-Venus conjunction. So, yeah. Alright, so in traditional astrology, the conjunction symbolizes the fusion, excuse me, or joining together of two planetary forces. Depending upon the planets and the forces they symbolize, as well as the way the individual handles the problem, the conjunction may be beneficial or may present a potential problem. A good example is the conjunction of the sun with Neptune. On the one hand, this conjunction can indicate an individual with great imagination, someone who can see beyond the realm of the average person, or it can symbolize the, the hypochondriac who reads about some disease in Reader's Digest and is certain that he has that disease. That used to be me. I'm not kidding, you guys. Um, <laughs> that seriously me, and I, I know I don't have a son uh, conjunct Pluto but that shit used to be me until my doctor scolded me and then I got educated and so now I'm like okay no right um, but anyways conjunctions of a planet and the moon must be carefully considered the moon represents our habit patterns and a planet in conjunction with the moon often symbolizes some habit pattern that cannot easily be broken For example, the moon conjunct Neptune often indicates problems with drugs, alcohol, or smoking, because once the habit is formed, it is not easily broken. The individual doesn't realize how injurious the habit is until it's too late. A smoker may know full well that smoking can lead to lung cancer, but he fantasizes that it will never happen to me. Oh, that's unfortunate, too. Yeah, so... That, I I actually want to look that up too, especially, um, I'm going to see if someone in my family has this because, um, they had a issue with that kind of stuff. So that would be interesting to, to know. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. So semi-square says most astrologers do not classify the semi-square 45 degree among the major aspects. Nevertheless, in interpreting health problems, it cannot be overlooked for it is often an indicator of friction, of friction. in and of itself. The, semi- the semi-square does not usually indicate major problems, but in combination with other factors in the chart, it sometimes indicates contributing causes of some health condition. In my experience, the semi-square between a transiting and a natal planet is of a particular importance as a triggering influence that brings on an unhealthy condition. In any case, the semi-square aspect should not be ignored. So I know some of you are like, wait, uh, you didn't talk about trines or sextiles and all that stuff. That's because, and particularly this book, this is just mainly focusing on the aspects that you need to look at for maladies and health, right? For issues in health, once you're at the frustration disease point. Um, so that is it for that as, uh, for this actually, for this particular part. Um, so this leads us now into, um, the astrological nut- nutritional theory, uh, which it's going to now put all of that at work. And go into really big details about the signs, the houses. Um, And it goes to the fact of it'll, it says, uh, like, the nutritional theory is what I'll add to um, proteins in the diet and how, um, you know, like amino acids, composition of proteins, and all that good stuff. And, you know, how the planets, all this stuff, the planets, Neptune in your diet all of that. Carbohydrates, metabolism, and it all is related to your sign, your planets, the aspects, fats in in the diet, everything. So hormones, all that stuff. So we're going to get into all of that stuff. Yeah. See chapter 13 is times of birth and death. So that's the one we will not be going through as well as elective surgeries. Uh, You know, like some, you just, sometimes you can't control when you have surgery. If you have like a fucking Um, what is it? Um, like emergency surgery. And you're just like, Oh, you tell your doctor, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't get that yet. Today. The moon is in Taurus and it's conjunct the sun or something. You don't, you don't want to do that. So I don't look at that kind of stuff either. It all, it also has the minerals and cell salts, um, vitamins in the diet, all that stuff. So we'll go through all of that stuff, like all the, all that, you know, and hormones and fats and proteins and carbohydrates and all the good stuff. But I am leaving out the whole death stuff and, um, surgeries, elective surgeries and all that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know it was like a little short and sweet, but you know, that's just how it is. And we will jump into the part five of the astral nutritional theory so that it puts everything that I talked about in the first four, four um, episodes all into the works and how it all works together. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, I just uh, also realized that, you know, the new moon, it is a solar, I believe a total uh, eclipse or solar eclipse, I think. And I already have done an episode of Mars. I mean, Mars, what the fuck? Aries and the new moon. But I will talk about what a solar eclipse and all that stuff involves so that people who don't know will know. So I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day. I love you so, so much and take care.